And now, and now, and now, item, 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 item with Tommy Lee. Item with Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee. I'm Tommy Lee, and this is the Item Podcast. It's my random record button for whatever's in my head at any given time. And today, it's the third installment of the Item subseries, Why We Needed. See, I love history stories, and I especially love the weird history stories that have become overlooked. But I'm also a huge fan of horrible entertainment. I love a bad movie, especially when it was intended to be a great movie. And this was one of the greatest pieces of horrible entertainment of my generation. So here, a week after its 40th anniversary, I proudly present Why We Needed the Star Wars Holiday Special, Item 124. Gather up your strength and clutch your blaster close, because this could be a little more painful than tugging on the nads of a gundar for some of us. Our only hope now is to outrun that Imperial garbage scout, though. If you were a boy around my age during the holiday season in 1978, George Lucas owned you. You were snapping up the new Star Wars action figures as fast as you could sell them through Kenner. You probably also had at least one of the vehicles, possibly even the lightsaber that was just a flashlight with an inflatable tube on the end of it. Or maybe, like me, the official Han Solo blaster that made two sounds, because it had two buttons on it, that was the heart of my playtime in the neighborhood. There were rumors of a second movie being worked on, there were Marvel comic books about Star Wars, there was even a book, a novel called Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which we all assumed was going to be the next movie. The book was really strange, but I could already picture the film when I read it. And as I've said before, way back on Item 62, when Brad King of Let Me Ask You a Question and I did our joint Star Wars anniversary podcast, I saw the original movie a lot 40 years ago. In 78, I was all in. So the promise of new material right there on the family television for free was an incredible thought eight-year-old me. So yes, indeed, November held the promise of something special for Star Wars fans on CBS. November 17th, 1978 was trumpeted in the TV guide as the premiere, like they were ever going to air it again, of something called the Star Wars Holiday Special. The Star Wars Holiday Special. And it was an unmitigated disaster. George Lucas himself has always hated it and distanced himself from it, pinning the blame on the variety show guys who put it together that he handed the rights of everything over to for it. He is still, however, widely blamed as the responsible party for the telecast. So the night of the show came in, I settled in to watch it. If you've never seen the Star Wars Holiday Special... Let me walk you through. We see from the opening credits that Luke and Leia are back, even though they both look coked up to the outer rim. Han and Chewie will be here, along with 3PO and R2, and Darth Vader will somehow be involved. Then we saw we would be getting a cartoon introducing a new character in the Star Wars universe, who looked kind of interesting and seemed to be riding a dinosaur. And appearances by... Um... A disco singer... A rock band... B. Arthur, Art Carney, Harvey Corman, and Chewbacca's family. And let's meet them, shall we? Introducing Chewbacca's family. His wife, Mala. His father, Itchy. His son, Lumpy. Itchy and Lumpy? Uh Uh-oh. 
Anyway, the show starts with them. In fact, it takes 13 minutes or so before we hear any dialogue at all that isn't spoken in whatever language Wookiees speak. Wikipedia, by the way, says it's Shereel screen assures Chewie's family that Han and Chewie are on their way there to celebrate Life Day, which appears to be something of a Wookiee Christmas. Now, the story, which wasn't very solid yet at this point, quickly dissolves into an even more rancid ooze. Harvey Corman does a cooking segment on Mala's TV, Mala being Mrs. Chewbacca, uh, where he's a four-armed female alien. Footage from the movie gets recycled and repurposed in an attempt to show that the Millennium Falcon is in grave danger as it races back to Chewie's family. The Empire declares martial law on the Wookiee homeworld, which some of the cast cannot pronounce the name of, and Art Carney delivers gifts to the family. Let's start with Chewie's son. He gets some kind of a weird ham radio set that also plays games or something. His wife gets a weird entertainment system, and his dad, Grandpa Itchy, gets an interactive and disturbing virtual reality dirty movie set that features disco artist Diane Carroll. She sings for him in a very serious attempt at seduction. And the most disturbing parts are when they cut away to show us just how much Itchy is enjoying it. Meanwhile, Mala, still creating a massive security risk by bitching to faraway cast members over open lines about how late Chewbacca is, decides next to pester Princess Leia and C-3PO. Art Carney is still there to keep her company, looking like he can't believe he said yes to this whole thing and mentally already spending the paycheck. And who can blame him? The Empire then invades the family's house. An Imperial soldier makes a reference to Art Carney's time on the Honeymooners before he watches a 3D music video on Mala's Life Day gift, performed by Jefferson Starship. The song, which I can't remember the name of, despite the fact that I just rewatched this thing a little while ago, uh, is the least memorable possible song by a band that has a lot of those. Grace Slick, by the way, is nowhere to be found in the Jefferson Starship for this gig. Meanwhile, Lumpy, <sighs> Lumpy uh, watches a Star Wars cartoon about a talisman of some kind that stars his own dad as the main character. It gives us our first glimpse of dun, 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 Boba Fett, who saves Luke Skywalker's life and prepares to sell hundreds of thousands of action figures. By the end of the cartoon, though, we know who the Fett really is. He's a bad guy, not a good guy. The cartoon looks like absolute crap, but it does have the right voices attached to the right characters. Han Solo, in particular, looks like a bizarre cross between Harrison Ford, John Travolta, and maybe a pony. Anyway, when the Imperial guys break Lumpy's computer ham radio thing, an instructional video by a robotic Harvey Corman shows him how to fix it. Literally, he was playing a robot. The skit was probably a lot funnier to me 40 years ago. We then see a story about life on the planet Tatooine, which features a cantina scene with the cantina aliens from the first Star Wars movie, right down to the band. And B. Arthur from the Golden Girls stars as the barkeep. She sings a song, Good Night But Not Goodbye, and a customer, played by, again, Harvey Corman, comes to profess his love for her. He pours his drinks into an opening in the top of his head. Han and Chewie finally arrive at the house. Han kills a stormtrooper there who was left there to intercept them. 
and we get the impression that they just sort of leave the body at the bottom of the tree where the house is located. That's not conspicuous at all. Well, now that the big guy is home, it's time for the actual celebration of Life Day itself. Han leaves. The holiday seems to consist of Wookiees grabbing glass globes, putting on red robes, and walking into the sun. Yes, really. Suddenly the droids are there, even though the last time we saw them, they were far, far away. Luke and Han and Leia pop up, and Leia sings a song about Life Day to the tune of the original John Williams Star Wars theme. It's a song about love, and it's sort of brutal. The celebration wraps up with Chewbacca remembering footage from the original movie by way of apology for everything we've just watched. Uh, Back at the house, there's a Christmas tree inside one of the little glass globes, just in case you weren't confused enough yet about this weird Life Day holiday. Overall, yeah, you're left confused, perhaps more than a little hurt, and waiting for the real movie, the sequel, the second one, to come back and make it all better again. One of the best things about the holiday special for Star Wars is that my parents have absolutely no recollection of watching it that night, which means either they've blocked it out completely or they just sat me in front of the television, turned it on, and walked away wisely. Another of the best things about the Star Wars holiday special is that Harrison Ford, Han Solo himself, once told a late-night host, and I forget which, that he'd actually never seen it. But it showed us that Star Wars wasn't infallible, and George Lucas couldn't always be trusted to do the right thing, a lesson that we forgot to learn, and that he reiterated when The Phantom Menace and his constant changes to the original trilogy happened about two decades later. But it did give us our first glimpse of Boba Fett, even if the animation was shit. And it gave us a ton of Star Wars lore that we can make fun of. And for those reasons, in my opinion, even speaking as a fan... That's why we needed the Star Wars Holiday Special. This has been the Item Podcast, written and produced by me, Tommy Lee. It comes out now and then, whether or not it needs to, here at Audio Boom and wherever you just found it. Item does not follow much of a regular schedule, so, of course, if you want to hear it, you should probably subscribe to it. It keeps being different things, so hopefully you still find it interesting or at least entertaining. Please drop me a rating and a comment somewhere and spread the word if you like what you've heard, especially to your fellow Star Wars fans. I'd also like to invite you to check out my other podcast, The Archive, a potty award-winning, and I love that name, potty award-winning work of original fiction that's perfect for binging, and season one is an adaptation of my second novel written some odd years ago, Share de Machere. Whether or not there will be a season two of The Archive is currently a matter of debate in my own head. And as usual, thanks for listening. The item is part of the Optin On Demand family of podcasts. Happy Life Day. This has been Item with Tommy Lee. That's the spirit. You'll be celebrating Life Day before you know it. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.